Hi, this is Jarrett Murphy from City Limits. This is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette, and we're here for the Max Murphy podcast with mayoral candidate Bo Deedle, running as an independent for mayor, and he'll explain all that to us. Uh, thanks for joining us, Bo. Well, thanks for coming here. So, let's start off, uh, just tell us a little bit about why you're running for mayor. What are the reasons that you decided after a long career uh, as part of the NYPD and then your own private business, why would you jump into politics now and run for mayor? Well, you know what? I ran for United States Congress back in 1986. was my first and only time that I ever was involved in politics. I lost being a United States congressman in an area with 701 Democratic registration in South Queens. I lost to a guy named Floyd Flake. I started tasting the politics where Senator Al D'Amato turned on me and supported the Democratic guy, even though he was the Republican senator. And at the end, when it got really close, all of a sudden a third candidate was dropped in there, a guy named McCabe. He pulled 4,000 Irish votes from the Rockaways, and I lost the race by 2,500 votes. And I started to realize about politics, it's not what it seems to be. There's so much undercurrent going on. Now, I really hate politics. So my son, Bo, gets robbed last year about, I think it was around June, a year ago, and he was on 14th Street. Guy grabbed around his neck, robbed the watch I gave him from graduating college. And uh, I only find out about it a week and a half later. I said, Bo, why didn't you report it? Why didn't you call me? Uh, Dad and my friends all get robbed. Nobody reports it. It's one of those things. Uh, you're not going to get my watch back. I had called the detectives, they had cameras around. I said, Bo, they're going to rob somebody else. This is the problem. City, nobody's reporting half the crime. And then you got this stupid mayor, Big Bird, de Blasio. Crime is down, crime is down. And I talk to people and I feel people out. A lot of people are afraid to ride the subways with the homeless situation. This, that. And I realize, you know what? All this mayor is good for is citing statistics. One of his big statistics now is 2025. I think it's 2025, we're going to have 200,000 new affordable houses. This guy talks out of his ass. That's what he does. The thing with, uh, with Rikers Island. So there's a lot of issues there. So now, all of a sudden, comes September, and I start to see what the field is. Who's running? I would never run if there was a formidable candidate. Everyone's afraid of de Blasio because of the democratic machine. They control the board of election. They control, and we'll get into that a little bit, they control everything. And then they have all these people getting money, all the, the democratic boys, bosses who are in bed with, the, with the, um, uh, the union bosses. Everyone's getting paid for this, paid for that. It's just one big cesspool of corruption in New York City. So I said, you know what? Why do I want to do this? I'm 66 years old. I have a successful business, and everyone knows I'm making very good money and all that kind of crap. I got all the security technology companies. I like playing golf. I got the house on the big Shinnecock. I love going out there. Why do I want this? You know why I want it? Because I started to see people. People were not going to have a formidable candidate to run. So I said to myself, how do I go about, because I kind of evolved. At first I was an ex, you know, I was an ex detective cop and all that, and I, I never killed anybody. I was mugged 500 times. I've been stabbed, shot at. I was hospitalized 30 times. So I kind of shed my blood for New York City. So I did my time for New York, and for the last 32 years I'm running a successful business, but I'm also helping people. 
Women come through this door sexually harassed by their bosses. I take those cases. I help them. Husbands abusing wife and children. I help people everywhere in the world. I rescued kids from Istanbul, Turkey, who were kidnapped there. A lot of people don't know these things. Denmark, flying in by helicopter, pulling out American citizens, helping people. I testified as a lobbyist for the uh, Drug Commission as far as with the illegal drugs coming into New York in 2003. I lobbied for the United States Senator. I've been doing a lot of things to help people. So now I said to myself, how can I help New York? I evolved in the sense that I start to believe that people really need help in New York City. There's a lot of money being made. These billionaires are becoming richer and richer. Everyone's becoming richer and richer. And this mayor, tale of two cities, the only problem is he's only on the rich side. And whatever you need, you pay him and you get it done. So I said, well, how could I possibly run for mayor and be a be appealing to the majority of people in New York. People have to realize what the demographics of New York is. It's about 65% uh, black, Hispanic, maybe even, even more, maybe even 70%. So these are the people in New York. So if you want to be mayor, you've got to appeal to them. And so I said, well, I want to run as a Democrat in the Democratic primary against Bill de Blasio to unearth him. But I also want to run as an independent. Casey beats me in the Democratic primary. I want to have that independent line to fall back and hit him again in November because I know what he's going to do. He's going to have the corruption, 1199, 32BJ, all these union people, the hospital workers. He's got them all. And you know why? They march to the drummers. The school teachers union, they march to the drummers. Yeah, the school teachers gave $350,000 and they get an $8 billion raise over the next five years. Everyone's pay for play with them. My own daughter's a school teacher, and I got a lot of issues with that. The issues are with he allows cell phones in schools, kids have hoodies on with their earphones, and they're sitting there vegged out looking at their iPhone. How in the hell are they going to learn? John Adams, I was the one that exposed John Adams in Queens about the teacher supposedly, allegedly involved with sexual behavior with a student. All of a sudden, the videotape disappeared, and then we learned 65% of those kids in his renewal school graduating. 65%. That's a disgrace. Let me bring you back to, you started to talk about running mm -hmm. as a Democrat, obviously, okay. and attempts to Republican. So talk about that process, and also how do you define yourself? How do you describe your own politics, your own yeah. sort okay, of take good. on the city? I, I feel as though I'm, I'm a real compromise guy. There's two sides to everything. Compromise is very, very, very important as far as that goes. Also, the my evolution as far as how I evolved. My thing is that I really believe that people in New York City are the important ones as far as affordable housing, as far as subsidies on the MTA, people can't afford $120 a month. So I start to sound like a Democrat. And you want to know something? I can sound like whatever you want. I'm a caring person. So I said, let me run on this. Okay, so now I file the application, which you guys saw before. I check the application. So I check Democrat and I check Independent because I always want to run an Independent. Little I know you can't check two boxes. My lawyers call up the Board of Elections, and when they advise me, uh, David Goodman from the New York Times says, Bo, you're not on a Democratic line. This is around October, November. So we call up the general counsel, quote unquote, to my lawyers. Oh, this has happened before. We'll send you an affidavit. Why would they say that if it's not true? Just get it notarized. You'll be put back on the Democratic Party. Okay, I fill it out, notarize it, send it back. I don't hear anything. 
comes, I think it was January 2nd or 3rd, I get back from uh, uh, vacation, and they go, well, we're not accepting it. You're off the Democratic Party, and even though you are a lifelong Republican registered on Long Island, you're off the Republican Party. You're a man with no party. I said, come on. So then I get my lawyers, and we sue. We sue the Board of Election to get back on one of the lines anyway. I mean, no line. I felt like uh, I came from out of space. I'm 66 years old. I voted in every election. Now I have no party. You got to understand about the Democratic Party. They control the Board of Election. You got to also understand the Campaign Finance Board, the one with all these illegal campaigns. Three of them appointed by the mayor, three or five. This is what you're dealing with in New York City. Every turn I have. So I go before the Supreme Court with this judge that was there, and as soon as I walked in there, she would not listen to our defense. I'm there to my, my lawyer. I said, she's not even listening. She goes, I made up my mind. You're a man, and you're not a Democrat, you're not a Republican, that's it. But, Your Honor, we have a defense. That's it. And who's sitting there? The general counsel, four lawyers for the city. They want to knock me off. Why do they want to knock me off? So I said, not so fast. We're going to the next step. Next set is the uh, appellate court. That's where all those judges sit around here. And my lawyer. The prior judge, sorry, that was the one that you, you had said that looked like the mayor's wife? Was that that judge? Well, you know, let, let's not take that out of context. Yeah. My point was, I, I jokingly said to my lawyer, wow, we're going to have trouble. The same way as if I went into a divorce court and the judge looked like my ex-wife, I said, oh, we're going to have trouble just like my ex-wife. That's why it was said. There was no racist mm -hmm. overload. Everyone likes to take it, including Linda Stassi from the New York, uh, New York Daily News, who used in an article the word black four times. And when she interviewed me, I said, I never used that word once. What'd you? Well, that's what you were thinking, Bo. I said, what are you, freaking Kreskin? I was never thinking. I just said she looked very facially similar to the mayor's wife. Kidding around to my lawyer. I'm an honest person. And that's exactly what it was meant. They said, Bo, you're supposed to apologize. I said, for what? I never said anything in any derogatory sense. But if anyone's offended, I'm sorry. That's the end of that story. So let's move on after that. And that's how I said it. Next one is the appellate court. Why would Berger, is his name, the general counsel of Mayor de Blasio, be sitting in my appellate court on my case? You answer that question. Because the majority of appellate court lawyers are in the pocket with the Democratic Party, all appointees and all that crap. They then come back, knock me out again. We go to the New York State Court of Appeals, the highest court in the state. Again, I'm knocked out of that. They said, you're a man with no. Now, you got to understand something. I had uh, Marty Connors, who's a Democrat, former state senator. He looked at this case. He's like the, the man on law. On the, he said, Bo, there's no shot that you're not going to get put back on at least Republican. You're a lifelong Republican, and you were in another county, and the law says this, says that. Nobody wants to say anything. That's all over with. So now I run. All of a sudden, the Republicans come to me. A couple of leaders said, Bo, we're not happy with Massey. We're not happy with the uh, lady from Staten Island, uh, uh, Malatakis. Malatakis. Uh, we like you, you got charisma, you got what it takes to take this guy out. Look, we all know what happened with Joe Loda. That was a load of loss. I mean, you can't be a Republican in New York City and be defined as a Washington Republican and think that you're going to win. I don't, I don't want to be looked at that way. I want to be looked at who I am. 
I've evolved into a caring person. I think I'm more democratic than I am Republican now because of the inclusion that I feel. If you would have seen the gay pride parade, I was highlighted for two and a half, two and a half miles. I. Two and a half miles, I went along the parade route, hugging and kissing everybody. We got a tremendous response. Right after that, we did a Facebook poll. Facebook poll, 905 people in New York. If you were to vote today for either de Blasio or Bo Deedle, I'd take about 75% to 25%. There's a meaning behind it. People hate Mayor de Blasio. They want an alternative candidate. The Republican is not the alternative candidate because all they think about is Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. All I'm saying is, do I know Donald Trump? Of course I do. I know him 40 years. I know he gets things done. Does he do, does he do things wrong? Is he a narcissist? Yes. Does he say fibs? Yes. But the point is, he gets things done. So now I I go through that. So the Republicans say, look, but we'd like you to consider getting the Republican line. I said, well, I'm a filed Democrat, but I'll take the line. You could run. You got three lines if you want. So then all of a sudden, uh, uh, Malatastas is running along. And then my friend drops out. Uh, Massey. Uh, Massey, Paul Massey drops out. Now you have two boroughs that have all his petitions. Who are they going to go to? So then they called me up again. They said, Bo, would you come to Queens? Uh, we're going to have Malatakis there. She's going to speak. And it was the the quiet little secret. They're going to give it to Malatakis. She's going to get that and all that. I get the call from the guy, Michael Rendino from uh, uh, Bronx. Bo, the guys all look like they're all lined up. Everything's good. Now I get a phone call. I call out to uh, Ed Cox, the head of the Republican Party. I said, Ed. I said, well, what's the problem? He says, you should drop out, Bo, and support. If you're a good, it must have been the Republican handbook. If you're a good, if you're a good Republican, you will support the Republican nominee. I said, Ed, what about me? I'm a lifelong. Ronald Reagan endorsed me. George Bush, the father, 41, endorsed me. I says, I was chairman of the Crime Commission. I've been a Republican my whole life, so I, I guess I'm a fake Republican, and, she, and she's a better Republican. I said, how dare you? I said, why not let democracy take place? Give me this Wilson Bakula. Let the people vote who they want. What are you afraid of? Oh, I said, you know, your problem is your claim to fame is you married Nixon's daughter and then you really never really busted your ass ever because I bust my ass every single day in life and I work hard and I care about people, really care about people, not party lines, people, not party lines. So he mumbled, he listened to me yell at him. I couldn't believe one hour I was on the phone with the guy and he, I belittled him, I berated him, but yet he would not come into fold. I said, all I beg you at the end is, let the people speak. Let me run in the primary. Here, Mr. Cox, if I lose, I'll drop out of the race and I'll support your, your, uh, your candidate who beats me. I mean, how much more can I offer? So now he doesn't say nothing. I go to the Queens with all the Republicans there, and they're all in there. She speaks first. I go in there and I... I do my talk about all the issues, about education, about the affordable housing, about my life, being a lifelong Republican, and also the fact that, you know, how I've evolved out of it, where I care about the uh, about taxing the different boroughs. And I, I we talked a whole bunch of things. And, and then what came out was, I'm just looking at a couple of notes. 
It comes out that they do a vote. There was, I think, 20 people there. I take her out, 16 to 3. I destroy her in the vote. They endorse me, Queens County. The next day, panic in Needle Park with the uh, with the Republicans. Everybody's going, I don't know, what are we going to do? Next thing is I'm talking to the Bronx chairman. He's humming, 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 humming. And he was a really nice guy, but obviously the phone calls, even on the Republican side, the phone call came, hey, you know what, if you want to be considered for that, you got to do that, you got to go against Bo. And then all of a sudden he starts doing a backstroke. And I let him know how I feel about him. I says, go find a can of man at the corner grocery store because you're not acting like a man. Be a man and man up. Give the people the right to vote for who they want. If I defeated her 16 to 3 and she's the Republican nominee, what in the hell is she going to do against the Blasio? Think about that. So going back now with Tuesday. So we plan on, uh, we buy all the stamps, we get all the letterheads, all the leaders of the Republican Party, all five boroughs. We're going to have this big thing just today. Today was going to be tonight. Yeah. And we were going to invite them all to a big thing. I was going to buy them some cocktails and some food, finger food shit, right? And the next thing is, I said, I'll invite them all and we'll have like this thing. Because if they have a quorum and they vote for, the, for me to get this Wilson McCool, boom, I go wrong. This is Tuesday. Wednesday comes around. Everybody's in panic. And then I talk to this Malpass woman, Manhattan. She's waffling. I never heard a woman waffle so much. I'm for you. I'm against you. I'm for you. Uh, well, we want you to be Malatakis's, uh dump de Blasio pit bull. I says, you know what? I'm going to beat de Blasio and I'm going to beat your candidate. And I'll be there on November 7th. I said, you know what? You just made up my mind. I called up. I made a press release. I said, I will not accept the Republican nominee. I want nothing to do with them. The same as the Democrats. I want to be the independent candidate to all the people of New York and let them have a choice of a non-corrupt person running for mayor. And that was the end of that. Are you worried that if you run in November, you will split the anti-de Blasio vote? I'm not worried about nothing. I'm worried about one thing, to let the people know, and that's why I'm going to Dominican Republic, and I'm, I'm all over the city, the people are going to have a choice. That poll, that Facebook poll, as unscientific as it is, means something to me. Again, I was a Fox News guy for 12 years. I got ready. I did the Arby's commercial for two years all over TV. Everybody knows Bo Deedle. Bodiedle, Bodiedle, Bodiedle. I have a brand, so I'm recognizable. So, I mean, what, whatever her name is, the Maladaka Duka, what's her name? Yeah, well, do you know what, what, how? And her voting record. She voted against gay marriage. She voted against subsidizing the MTA. I mean, she's got a, not a good voting record. In reality, she ain't nobody going to vote for her. I guarantee you, I'll take her votes. I'll take the majority of the Republican votes will come to me for the fact that they know me, they know what I'm like, and the most important thing is when you fight a battle, you want to put your money, or race, a race, a race. If the horse is lame, you want to put the money on a lame horse, she'll, she'll do worse than uh, Loda. But I'm not worrying about anything but winning and beating Bill de Blasio. I'm not running for maybe to kiss people's butts for my next job. And I'll say it right now, I will never, ever ever run for political office after this run for mayor. This is it. I'm all in. And that's the way it's at. Because I care about people. And I think my message would res is going to resonate. It has been resonating to everyone. Look at 
Are you simply tired? And this New York Times article about de Blasio, about the payoffs, I mean, it just continues. And one of my things was, why didn't he have to pay back that $4.3 million campaign for one New York? He gets to keep the money. It's like if I rob a bank, I get to keep the money? Come on. So, so People order, are not stupid. So in order to beat him, let's say you do pull a bunch of Republican votes, there's a bunch yeah. of independent votes out there, you'll have to win some Democrats. Well, not have to. I will. You will, but you you would ha in order to win you you would have to do that. No, I, and I am a Democrat. Remember, you looked at my application, and that's the way it's going to be publicized. It's going to be publicized. I am a Democrat that was fought, that could not run against this corrupt mayor. That is the message that I want you to get out. Why? And when I told the story, factual story, why was his general counsel in every legal aspect of where we were going? Think yeah, about. Well, it. I mean, we'll have to ask ask about that. Yeah, yeah. He's right. going to go, duh, and he's gonna, we're going to have no comment. That's what it is. We'll, we'll ask City Hall about that for sure. Yeah. Um, you are talking about he's corrupt. Yeah. You're not so. You're talking about caring for everybody, being inclusive. Mm -hmm. Beyond those two things, are there proposals that you're putting out there? Are there sort of big policy areas that you're focused on? Is there... You know, when the mayor won, he obviously had his pre-K proposal that was his big, you know, number one thing and reducing stop and frisk. So, you know, there were a couple of things that people knew he was promising yeah. to do. Well, my, to have things like my that. big thing is education is one of my daughter's a school teacher in New York City. My thing is education because the victims of the negative education are our kids in New York. They're the victims. The victims. Of, and I challenge him for the last 30 days. I asked Errol Lewis, if you notice the broadcast. Why don't you question tonight on the way to, on the road to City Hall or with the mayor on Monday night, New York, when I say, Errol, ask him to give you statistics for the last 30 days. Murders are soaring in New York. You can pick up the, the paper every day. An arm's found over here. Two people shot the head. Da, da, da. You got murders are up. And he's not talking about it because crime is on the rise right now. Also, the fact that the, the, the disintegration of the quality of life, when I had that target uh, PRP here, the fact is that I put it by Gracie Mansion so they could be on the fence up there. Literally, not, you know, not physically, but it was a it was a point. I mean, when we disintegrate quality crime, eventually some, not all, will turn to be bigger crimes. When you let people get away, get away. That's like me going home in a studio apartment. I take my clothes, I throw them on the floor. Soon my clothes are going to pile if I don't pick them up. We've got to run the city in the sense that we've got to look at fear. Talk to people in the city. Ask young ladies going to work back and forth on the subway, what do you feel? Oh, I'm scared. Fear to me is a crime. And in reality, we, we could do it efficiently. One of my things is New York City Police Department. I love the community interaction with the police department. I love the fact that the community should reflect what the police are. We have Caribbean blacks in Brooklyn. I feel as though we got to get more Caribbean blacks in Brooklyn. You must have on your community. Forces. What's that? On the police force. Yeah. Um, and one of my initiatives, uh, you have to have a two years degree to go on the police department. I want to waive that. I want to let them make a contract with the police department to go to school at night to get their degree. You got a lot of kids graduating high school that will make great cops, but they can't. And here's my little dirty little secret. I'm a high school graduate. I couldn't afford to go to college. I worked as an iron worker. In the, on the World Trade Center, laborers swept factories out. I worked my butt my whole life. If this was in play, I would never have been a cop. I want to waive that and get some really good kids 
on board. Also, I want more interaction with the police. I want to open up schools at night where cops become like big brothers. Also, immediately, I want to utilize the New York City Police Department on this ACS. They're, they're not doing a good job whatsoever. They're doing a crap job. We had 50 dead last year. Some are accidents, some are abuse. Right now, I would have the New York City overseeing the ACS. We also have cops that are retiring in their 40s. I could give them a waiver like we give to the district attorney squads. You want to come back and work for the city? It's $52,000 a year they're paying these ACS. I'll pay retired cops to come on back that have a gun and care about kids. There's so many common sense issues. But you know what? You can't have a person that is out of touch. What has de Blasio done in his life? He was a Hillary Clinton butt boy, your cheerleader. Then he became a, one of these nonsensical city council corrupt persons there that pass anything, give them $147,000 $147, part-time job. That's what de Blasio gave him. And then so they would add, so they would go along with well, all they, crap. they added a raise with a full-time job. Okay. Okay, that's a lot of money. Your assemblywoman Malatakis, I think, makes eighty thousand dollars a year. She's an assemblywoman, so weigh that out. And mayor's what two, two fifty? I'm not going to worry about my mayor's salary. Uh, The thing is also, you got him that he became the public advocate. So in reality, he never ran a business. He doesn't have a clue of how you balance budget. Here's a big one. Bo Deedle said, day one of coming on as mayor. I'm going to have a zero-balanced budget. Do you have a zero-balanced budget? What that is, is because they got this money, that agency, last year, you're not getting that money. You're going to justify what every dollar is. No more consultants, no more special administrators, all that crap. Cut that fat away. Why did our budget go for $70 billion from Bloomberg, who I thought was a great mayor because he didn't care about corruption. He's non-corruptible. He got the best people in there. He had the head of the Board of Education. What was his name, that good guy? Uh, Walcott? Dennis Walcott? No. Joe Klein? Joe Klein, who was a friend of mine. Joe Klein, he got the best talent in there. That's what I want to do, bring in the best talent. Okay, what we have is a budget that now has bloomed up to $85 billion. Zero balanced budget means you got to justify all your money. And there's a little secret that nobody's telling you about. These pensions, some of these pensions for cops and firemen, public service, nobody's talking about it. Some of these pensions are about 40% backed up. That, that, if you look up what I'm talking about, these pensions could go out of 10 years from now. There may not be any pensions for people. we got to deal with this crap now. When he has this surplus for $4 billion, the mayor, and, he, and he's sitting there, he wants to use that money for something else. These subways haven't been dealt with since 40, 45 years. I would float... First of all, you need to float a tax bond bill. you got to be able to talk to the governor. I'd go to Albany and say, Governor Cuomo, I'd like to float a $5 billion tax referendum, a bond issue, to fix these damn subways. And I tell you what, right now we're fixing them. Maybe we have 100 people working on them. I'll get that money floated like emergency. Nice tax bond. People make nice interest on, on these bonds. New York City ain't going nowhere. And then we'll put 500 people, 24 hours a day, fix them. Because I'll be damned if I'm going to sit by being a mayor, have people trapped in subway cars for two hours. It's 100 degrees there when it's 80 degrees outside. So I, it's, it, it's a, I'm crazed that 
people are being stuck in these these cars and no one's dealing immediately. Everyone's blaming. The mayor's blaming the governor. The governor's blaming. Back and forth. Loader, it's your fault, my fault. How about fixing the friggin' thing? Stop the bullshit. Fix it. Also, if this was a real vibrant mayor, where would he be right now? Where do you think Mayor Babo would be? Besides Albany trying to get the, the bond, I'd be with... Trump over there sitting in, in the White House saying, Donald, I got to talk to you, Mr. President. Our subways are crumbling. We need some good infrastructure tax dollars. Mr. President, also, we were the target. I was down there 9-11. People forget. We're going to be hit again. Mr. President, we've got to help the police department with our anti-terrorism. we really got to get some money from the federal government. Mr. President, we really need to build permanent affordable housing. We also got to put some money into the housing uh, projects in New York City. NASHA, they don't put no money there. Roofs are falling down. Security, cleanliness, our infrastructure is falling down. Rikers Island, oh, $10 billion, we'll move it around. How about fixing what we got? You got a problem on Rikers Island of mentally ill inmates. They got to be dealt with. They're stabbing guards, they're stabbing other inmates. But to say we're going to move it, and then he goes, and I want pastel colored chairs with water view. Come by, hey. As he, I wanted to let him know one thing. Do you ever have a knife? You ever been stabbed? You ever been robbed? You ever have a gun to your head? I have. So all the prisoners can't be rehabbed, okay? Some of them, I'm for rehabbing people. But when you want to make believe it's come by a land, you've never walked into the site of 10 kids, eight kids shot in the head, two adults, 10 dead, Palm Sunday massacre. People stab. People are going to tell me, well, crime is not as bad as it was, but, but it could go back. And I don't want to see that day. And we got to protect ourselves now. If when you're mayor and you meet with the president, what will you say to him about immigration policy? How Good do you question. feel about the city being a sanctuary city? What will you say to folks in the DR about that? Well, here's what I'm going to say. If you're here, and you're here illegally, and you have children, too, that's the biggest point. When you have children in the United States of America, under our Constitution, your kids are American citizens. So you have two, three kids. Get your, you're the father, mother. You're going to start paying taxes. You get off your butt, and I want a, I want a path to citizenship. My mother and father were immigrants. I'm first generation. Get a path to citizenship. Let them work hard. Let them pay taxes. But if you commit a crime, you're out of here. That's what I'll make that agree. I'm talking about crimes of certain levels, certain levels of, of, of violent crimes. I'm not talking about driving drunk. But then again, driving drunk, if you were arrested before, twice, I don't want him killing innocent people either. So maybe driving drunk, if you're convicted the second time, you're going to be gone on the next one. When you get a mayor that takes out the ice out of Rikers Island, when you have these MS-13 guys that are banked on one thing, killing people, extortion, drug deal, let's face it, this is bullshit. When, when this mayor goes like this, well, we're a sanctuary city. No, we're a sanctuary city to criminal element. That's what it's going to be. And Mr. President, I respect what you what you do and what you say. But in reality, you got a lot of families, hardworking people. I want to let them come out of the hiding and pay taxes. And any business that are hiring them and paying them off the books illegally, you'll be fined by the federal government. Let's make a bill like that. The, the city is... Um 
you know, is cooperating with ICE on violent crimes, like yeah. you just said. So is there something different on that that you would do than the mayor? You would let ICE back on Rikers Island? Is that, oh, yeah. Is that the difference? So they can evaluate. I mean, let's 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 be real about it. If you don't have someone looking at it, you don't know. Again, I was one of my directors to the president to, through Steve Bannon was when he first got elected, you know, with the thing about banning Muslims. I says, how silly is that? We don't want to ban Muslims. What we want to do is tighten up security for everyone. We know one thing. People from Syria are living in Germany, Italy, so they might come via another way. No, let's just tighten the security coming into our country so we know who the hell's coming in. So it shouldn't be directed to one people, you know, the Muslims. You've got good Muslim people. It should be it should, we should just tighten up a little bit, like Israel does. They want to know who's coming into the country, if you want to cause harm in the country or not. So there's a way of doing it. To be totally kumbaya, no borders, oh, we love each other. They, oh, like de Blasio, oh, pastel colors. And all. You do have a criminal element that is not going to go along with that and they're going to cause harm. Where is the rights for the people that are being affected by the criminal element. I care about those people because their rights are as important as the criminals' rights. I have a question about your nine to five, your business. There's been some nine to five. I get up, I get up at five thirty. <laughs> well, I'm not yeah, De Blasio. Whatever. No, no, De Blasio gets going at noon. But go ahead. So there's been attention to some of your private clients, mm. corporations, yeah. and you've discussed that. But I want to talk about work that you might have done for the city. We spoke maybe 10 years ago about uh, a job Dieter and Associates did helping the police patrol the 2003 World Economic Forum and helping to defuse protests there. Has your business done any other work for the NYPD or any no. other work on behalf of the Police Foundation? No, 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 nothing at all. Nothing, truly nothing. And, uh, you know, we have not. And, and on your business, you're, you're continuing to run it as you're running for mayor. If you were elected, you know, do you have any um, anything in place to? Yeah, I have. I have good people. Sort of I, have, I have a presence, uh, uh, I, uh, which would become the CEO. I'm the CEO now, but they they would become the CEO. I had executive vice president. I this place runs. I mean, we're in business 32 years profitable. How many businesses are around 32 years profitable? And everyone knows my salary, what I pull out of here and all that. And we also have office in Beijing, China, where we do international investigations. And like I alluded before, a lot of people don't know, I've helped people. You ever rescue a kid out of Istanbul, Turkey? Just imagine how hard. Senator D'Amato, I call him, he goes, Bo, this one I can't help you with. So all of a sudden this kid was kidnapped, seven-year-old, from Brooklyn by his father who was a Turkish terrorist. About what year are we talking? Oh, man. Probably, I want to say 20 years ago. Okay. And the woman came into my office crying. She had no money. And uh, the detectives in Brooklyn said, there's one guy that maybe could help. So I came in, and I was out drinking the night before, and I had a headache. This woman, heavy set woman, she's crying, screaming about her son and all. I says, what's up with this? Oh, her son got kidnapped to Istanbul, Turkey. I said, where the frig is Istanbul, Turkey? Get me a map. So we put a map up. Uh, blah, blah. So now I'm trying to find out exactly. And if you ever saw the movie Midnight Express, yep. you get locked up there. You're in jail seven years before they charge you. So it ain't, it ain't a funny, it ain't a fun place. So I sent a couple of my guys over there, and uh, to, to, he was outside of the town, and it w was the terrorist assaulted the woman he impregnated seven years prior and told the woman, my your son has to see my mother, she's dying, put him on a plane at Kennedy Airport, 
the plane took off, he turned around to the woman and says, you'll never see your son, he's going to be a soldier of Allah. The woman goes, the police, police says, can't do nothing, State Department can't do nothing. So she sits on my couch, crying, screaming, crying. I said, first, how much money you got? Ah, she cries, calm down, calm down. Cost me about $50,000 later out of my pocket. Here's how I got the babe, uh, the kid back. I sent my guys there also. He was still in Brooklyn, the, the terrorist guy. So what happened is he got in a fight and he was in jail. So I ran to Brooklyn, to the precinct. I ran to the judge. I went before the judge and said, Your Honor, if you let this guy out, this kid will never come back. He held him in, in jail. But he was communicating with his brother back in Turkey saying, showed him my picture if this guy comes around this is the guy that's involved with the whole thing so i i say to myself how am i going to get this kid out of there so i remember one thing frank bolts was the head of the hostage negotiator he was the original guy he was a captain in new york city police department. he used to go around the world talking about hostage negotiations and stuff so i called frank i said you know this istanbul turkey place i said do you know anybody over there he goes yeah abdul uh Ugatugul, whatever his name was right he goes, here's his number, call him up. I call him up, I say, how you doing? Bo Deedle, I'm a friend of Frank Bolts. I said, I'm gonna have two of my representatives meet you there. So I wire over $3,000, and I said, oh, you count 1,500, show them the envelope, the other 1,500, show the picture of the kids, tell them where the kid is, and I says, see what happens. Sure enough, the kid was returned to the embassy. My guys flew him back, we got the kid back to New York. My point is that I help people, and I can help this city. These are just little, little antidotes of what I do, the heart side of me. So you are a non-politician and oh, you talk with some, hate some disdain about politicians. Hey. But uh, in the past when people like that, people like you have run for office and won, they then have to deal with politicians, well, I, city council, with the governor. Okay, you people. just heard me. So how will you deal with folks who come from that background? Well, you just you have to keep that one word along with my evolving out of my, my thoughts, you know, from conservative to kind of liberal. My mind has really evolved the other way. I really care about everyone. Compromise is the other word. Compromise has to be dealt with. You gotta deal with people, you gotta give a little, get a little. Compromise is so important. You want this, I'll give you that much of this, but you gotta give me this. I understand the game, because otherwise you get nothing done, i.e what's going on in Washington with Trump. I mean, his own Republicans, these, these psychopath conservatives. I mean, you got the House, you got the Senate, you got the presidency, get some things done. And his own people are turning on Trump to get things done. Whether you believe in healthcare or what, let's face one thing, I'm a businessman. I know one thing, a family of four, where I used to pay 15,000, these insurance companies jacked it up to almost $30,000. They're taking advantage of this Obamacare, these insurance companies. I want to know why. There's got to be a way of getting the best brains in. Instead of doing what Pelosi did, 80,000 pages, you want to read uh, You want to read it, you got to pass it. But that's such bullshit. What you got to do is get the best minds and fine tune the cheapest, most effective way to give everybody in this country affordable health care. We got to relook at it. Because Shoving it down your throat and getting it done doesn't do it. You got to get the smartest minds to evaluate. This Betsy McCall, if I don't know if you ever heard of Betsy McCall, she's been a lieutenant governor in New York State. All right, she's a Republican. I don't care if she was a communist. She's got great ideas. She's got great ideas, cost effective ideas. Let's fine tune the best ideas that we could have. 
So your answer there to Jared about making deals, I mean, that sounds like what the president said when he was becoming yeah. a politician after a career as a businessman. Yeah. He hasn't been able to do that. Well, he's trying, and mm -hmm. I've, I've noticed he's trying, and in reality, you know, his thing is the way he irks. If, if, if you were to say to me, Bo, what would you tell Donald Trump? Honestly, Donald Trump will not listen to anybody but Donald Trump. I know him 40 years. So whoever's there is not going to control Donald Trump. Look where he is right now. Let's, let's face one thing. Narcissist, big mouth, Donald Trump. He's the president of the United States. This, he's, he did something that was like you would have never believed it. I would have never believed it. I was there at the Hilton when uh, I, I went there just to say, you know, nice shot, Donald, nice shot. So I went there. I ate, I ate at, no, oh. I'm talking about election night. Oh. I ate at the fish joint, Milos. At 6 o'clock, I said to another couple, I said, you know what, let's eat early. By 8.30, this thing should be over, and Hillary will be in, right? And I'll say, you know, Donald, great job. You busted your ass, good job. All of a sudden, the state's got coming in. It was like something you never ever experienced in your life. Whether you like him or not, it was like the come from behind victory of all times. So you gotta admit one thing, whatever he did, he made a lot of people believe in him. But the most important thing that he could do now is get things done. Let's compromise, so. Yeah, so just last couple of questions. Um, is that, that's what you're expecting this November basically, is sort of this out of nowhere? No, you know what I'm expecting? Behind, I'm expecting one thing. I'm expecting that there's an alternative candidate. It's not just de Blasio and whoever wins the Republican thing, because I think they both suck as far as I'm concerned. Both of them have no background. I mean, what did she do? What's wrong with Assemblymember Molly Takas? I'm not quite clear why. Well, you think I don't, she's I don't not like her views on, on same-sex marriage. She voted against it. That's bullshit. This is New York City, inclusive city. Thing with the MTA. And also, what has she done? She's been a, a lifetime politician in her young life. She's done nothing. And you're talking about how you run an $85 billion budget? I've run, I mean, this is a very successful business. I have another security technology business. I made $200 million in 1998 selling a software company. I've done a lot of crap. I pissed it away, but that was my choice. It was my money. I gambled. I flew around private jets, private jets, boats, trains, planes. I made it. I spent it the way I want. Now, get a little older, we'll be a little smarter my next fortune because I'm going to have another fortune because I have a couple great companies going on. But I'm going to be a little smarter. I'll plan for tomorrow. You got to understand, a kid from the street who never went to college made tens of millions of dollars. And it was like I was a kid. Wow, watches, oh, buy that $50,000. You know, I was like a kid out of control. But now I realize I've become more conservative knowing think about tomorrow don't just think about today and i tell my kids life is not a lottery i was a lucky guy real lucky but you know what i want to do i want to show kids in this city all kids whether you're black hispanic or whatever anybody could do what i did and that's my message right now my success i want to relate to children in new york i care about kids more than anything in the world. Children is my whole world, and I'm a grandfather. I, I don't want to um, belabor the comparisons, and I know you don't like the Trump comparison, but one of the things that seems like has really foiled him is that he doesn't know government well, right? He doesn't know the processes. He seems to... Oh, he don't know the corruption of government. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> he doesn't know that well. But, but, you know, he says inaccurate things about the number of votes needed to pass bills and things like Do you know city government well, well enough to well, get Well, I, I know well enough one thing. 
I'm not going to have corrupt people around me. They're going to be really efficient guys. And I got some good people around me now, attorneys around me now. And we'll, we'll find out the right way to go. But one thing it's not going to be, there's not going to be any corruption that I'll stand for. I'll fire anybody or any heads, and that head of ACS should have been fired a long time for incompetence. The homeless guy should have been fired for incompetence. Every area that she's that that uh, De Blasio involved, he put incompetent people. That's if you're a CEO, you're responsible for your heads, and if you can put the wrong people, that's your that's your problem. As far as running city government, look, it ain't rocket science. You know what comes along with running city government? Why it's so complicated? Because these these jobs. I actually have people coming to me now. Bo, I will raise you. I'll bring this community in. You give me a no-show job. I says, what? Get out of here. I got a reverend from Brooklyn. Bo, I've delivered a black vote of Brooklyn, all the churches. Put me on for 15000 a month consultant fee. I said, get out of my office. Who is that? I'm not going to tell you who, but I told him, get out of my office. I said like this. I said, you know what? You're why I'm running. I will never do that. If you want to help your community and get the best made, I will give. Look at every aspect of helping your community. Then you come on board with me. Look, this, this, this you know, we raised a little under a million dollars. I didn't raise a lot of money. I got, I got other avenues of money. But my point is, we're we're running very lean. I mean, look, poor Massey. They spent five million dollars. This one jerk, the guy from the Channel uh, Fox News, paid him four hundred thousand dollars as a consultant. For what? Come on. If you're going to spend money like that now, what are you going to do with the city money? No, it's going to be a fine, oiled, nice, lean machine. So I think we'll leave it there with Bo Dito, but we look forward to catching up with you again. Uh, we're talking now in July, so we've got a few months still till, uh, till the November election. Yeah, so it's, going to be, it's, going to be real, it's going to be real interesting. And I'll guarantee you, this corrupt Board of Ed election and this corrupt mayor is still going to be trying to keep me off the ballot. And the question is asked, why would you, why did you have to have your lawyer burger at the, why, what does that have to do with you? And with the Republicans, why wouldn't you want Bo, the best candidate, if he is, he offered to back off and support your candidate. Why would you be afraid of Bo? You know why? All those jobs that people getting paid off will be bye-bye, and that's what they're afraid of. Thank you. Thank you.